Our Old Testament passage today picks up in Numbers chapter 19, beginning with verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, This is the statute of the law that the Lord has commanded. Tell the people of Israel to bring you a red heifer without defect, in which there is no blemish, and on which a yoke has never come. Now this red heifer is a big deal right now in Israel. They are actually breeding red heifers to be used in the rebuilt temple of God. So this, this, this red heifer, this, this is a big deal. And you shall give it to Eleazar the priest, and it shall be taken outside the camp and slaughtered before him. And Eleazar the priest shall take some of its blood with his finger and sprinkle some of its blood toward the front of the tent of meeting seven times. And the heifer shall be burned in his sight, its skin, its flesh, and its blood, with its dung shall be burned. And the priest shall take cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet yarn and throw them into the fire, burning the heifer. Then the priest shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterwards he may come into the camp. But the priest shall be unclean until evening. The one who burns the red heifer shall wash his clothes with water and bathe his body in water and shall be unclean until evening. And the man who is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and deposit them outside the camp in a clean place. And they shall be kept for the water for impurity for the congregation of the people of Israel. It is a sin offering. And the one who gathers the ashes of the heifer shall wash his clothes and be unclean till evening. This shall be a perpetual statute for the people of Israel and for the stranger who sojourns among them. Whoever touches the dead body of any person shall be unclean seven days. He shall cleanse himself with water on the third day and on the seventh day so he shall be clean. But if he does not cleanse himself on the third day and on the seventh day, he shall not be clean. Now, whoever touches a dead person, the body of anyone who dies, and does not cleanse himself, defiles the tabernacle of the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from Israel, because the water of impurity was not thrown on him. He shall be unclean. His uncleanness is still on him. Now, now notice, brothers and sisters, we, we look at all of this, and there is, there is symbolic meaning in all of this. I understand that. But do you notice there's also a concept of quarantine, and washing that takes place. You touch a dead body. You know, dead bodies are magnets for, for disease, all right? And God does not want any pestilence and disease to go through the people of Israel. So some of these, these laws, you know, there is a ceremonial aspect to it, but there's also a concept of quarantine and social distancing, extreme social distancing, washing. All of these things are important. So some of them, some of this has a ceremonial aspect, and some of this is God keeping the health of the people. Verse 14, this is the law. When someone dies in a tent, everyone who comes into the tent and everyone who is in the tent shall be unclean for seven days. In other words, they have to be quarantined. And every open vessel that has no cover fastened on it is unclean. Again, because some of the bacteria or virus or whatever might have gotten into the open vessel. Whoever in the open field touches someone who was killed with a sword or who has died naturally or touches a human bone or a grave shall be unclean for seven days. Now, again, this is stopping disease. For the unclean, they shall take some of the ashes of the burnt offering and fresh water shall be added in a vessel. Then a clean person shall take hyssop and dip it in the water and sprinkle it on the tent and on all the furnishings and on the person who were there and whoever touched the bone or the slain or the dead or the grave. Now, notice there's still seven days. 
and the clean person shall sprinkle it on the unclean on the third day and on the seventh day. Thus on the seventh day he shall cleanse himself and shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, and that evening, and at evening he shall be clean. Now again, notice we have quarantining, we have separation, we have washing, we have a number of days. Okay. If the man who is unclean does not cleanse himself, that person shall be cut off from the midst of the assembly, since he has defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. Because the water for impurity was not thrown on him, he is unclean. And it shall be a statute forever for them. The one who sprinkles the water for impurity shall wash his clothes, and the one who touches the water for impurity shall be unclean till evening. And whatever the unclean person touches shall be unclean. Okay, this is stopping the spread of disease. And anyone who touches it shall be unclean until evening. Now again, notice, this is not just ceremonial law pointing forward to Jesus and forgiveness of sins and the cross and all of those beautiful truths. There's also an element of sanitation and quarantining here. Chapter 20, verse 1. And the people of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Now there was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Now notice, leaders always attacked in time of need. They hold, when people have a need, they always hold the leaders responsible. And the people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. They said, We should have died like those guys who rebelled. Now, can you imagine that? We should have died like these guys who rebelled. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here? Why have you brought? Now, wait a minute. God led them. Remember the pillar of fire and cloud. God led them, but they blamed Moses. And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. No, no. When people are in need, people say ridiculous things. Now notice, God led them. Okay, but they blame Moses. Their fault, not in promised land. It was their fault they were not in the promised land. God was bringing them into a land of grain and figs and vines and pomegranates and plenty of water. But it was their rebellion that kept them out. <laughs> people, and you're going to have to learn here, people have short memories. <laughs> and they did. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared before them. This is what I tell every pastor. This is what I tell every leader. When attacked, leave attackers and go to God's presence. Don't sit there and fight with people forever. Don't try to explain to them, now wait a minute, you've been following the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire just like me. Why are you blaming me? And don't sit there and look at them, you know what, it was your rebellion that, that has us out here. Those were your decisions, not mine. You know, Don't sit there and fight with the people. You know, never, 
never fight with hurting people because they are not logical. Okay? So don't bother. As leaders, go into the presence. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before and tell the rock before their eyes to yield this water. Now that rock is Christ. That rock that followed them. He had struck that rock once already, remember? That rock followed them. That rock was Christ. Tell the rock before their eyes to yield its fruit. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. This is before Christ. And you can look up that verse and put it off here in the, in the side. The rock Christ Jesus. Here now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of a rock? Now notice, um, Moses is angry. He doesn't speak nicely to the people. Here now, you rebels. So Moses is angry. Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out of it abundantly. The congregation drank and their livestock. Now notice, God said, tell the rock. Moses struck the rock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. Moses, you got angry, you lost your temper, and you didn't obey me. Now, this is a sad time for Moses. His anger caused him to disobey God. And I would challenge all of you leaders, this is why This anger, this is why you come into the tent of meeting and pray. Because you can't be doing things out of anger. You, you can't allow anger. Yes, God gets angry, and yes, it's all right to be angry, but don't sin. But you can't let anger control you, and anger was now controlling Moses. And because of that, he didn't believe in God. He didn't trust God. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and through them he showed himself holy. Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom. Thus says your brother Israel. Now this is Edom, okay? This is Esau. These are the descendants of Esau. These are the descendants of Esau. You know all the hardships we have met how our fathers went down to Egypt and how we lived in Egypt a long time. And the Egyptians dealt hardly, harshly with us and our fathers. When we cried to the Lord, he, he heard our voice and sent an angel and brought us up out of Egypt. And here we are in Kadesh, a city on the edge of your territory. Please, let us pass through your land. We will not pass through a field or vineyard or drink well, drink water from a well, we will go along the king's highway 
We will not turn aside to the left or to the right until we have passed through your territory. All right, so if they promised, we will touch and take nothing. Okay, we'll just pass through. But Edom said to them, you shall not pass through, lest I come out with a sword against you. And the people of Israel said to him, we will go up by the highway, and if we drink any of your water, I and my livestock, then I will pay for it. Let me only pass through on foot, nothing more. But he said, you shall not pass through. And Edom, this is Esau's relatives, this is Esau's descendants, came out against Jacob's descendants, came out against them with a large army and a strong force. Thus Edom refused to give Israel passage through its territory. So Israel turned away from him. And they journeyed from Kadesh, and the people of Israel and the whole congregation came to Mount Hor. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron at Mount Hor, on the border of the land of Edom, Let Aaron be gathered to his people, for he shall not enter the land I have given to the people of Israel, because you rebelled against my command at the waters of Meribah. All right. So Aaron lost the right to enter the promised land by disobedience. Tell Aaron and Eleazar his son, and bring them up to Mount Hor. And strip Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eleazar his son. And Aaron shall be gathered to his people, and shall die there. Moses did as the Lord commanded, and they went up to Mount Hor in the sight of all the congregation. And Moses stripped Aaron of his garments, and put them on Eleazar his son. And Aaron died there on top of the mountain. Then Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. And when all the congregation saw that Aaron had perished, all the house of Israel wept for Aaron for 30 days. Now, again, we are reminded God holds leaders to a higher standard. The people of Israel lost the right to enter the promised land because of their rebellion. Aaron and Moses lost their right to enter the promised land because of their disobedience. You say, but it wasn't a big thing, Pastor because it was in the sight of the people. And because as their example, by their example, they taught the people of Israel disobedience, it was a big thing in God's sight. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship. Lord, be gracious to me. 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 Be gracious to us, Lord. Lavish us with your grace and with your mercy.
As we go to prayer today, I want us just to open up our hearts and I want us to ask God for your needs. Now, sometimes we get so busy praying for everybody else that you don't pray for yourself. Now, I want to encourage you right now. What is it that you have need of? What, what do you have need of right now? What do you have need of? I mean, we're, we're praying for everybody else, but what, what do you have need of? Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you touch every heart and remind them that you are their Father and that you love to give good gifts to your children, that you love to be gracious to them, that every good gift comes down from the Father of lights. Father, remind them of the simple joy that you have in caring for them and meeting their needs and providing for them and giving good gifts to them. Father, how much you enjoy that. That, Lord, we will never be shy in holding back our hearts from you. That we will never be shy in coming and bringing our little requests before you. Sometimes they seem so trivial to us. But, God, look at what you do. Make your great love so real to your people this morning. Make your, make your fatherhood and the joy of being their father real to each of your children right now, Lord. And the joy that you have in, in seeing the smiles on their faces, you answer their prayers and you meet their needs and you give good gifts to them. How your heart is filled with gladness and joy as you bless your children. Make that real to them this morning, Father. Make that so real to them. Father, it's been a it's been a long year. And Father, we've just been scraping by so many of us. Father, we've been like chickens scratching, just trying to get by day to day. Father, I ask that you would begin to turn that now. For our families that are just like chicken scratching, Lord, just trying to get by every day. Lord, move that into daily bread living. Move that into always the food a day in advance, that they always have something left over. Father, that they, that they begin to see the leftovers, that they begin to have food for tomorrow, and they begin to live out of their bodega. Father, that the pressure is off. I pray especially for the single moms, Lord. In Jesus' name, let the pressure just lift on the families. 
Let the pressure lift on these single moms. I pray for all of our men, Lord. Before you ever created Adam, you made a job for him, so he immediately had work. As men, Lord, our self-esteem comes from the work that you've given us to do. I ask for every one of our men, Lord, for jobs. Good jobs, Father, that give them the dignity of hard work. They give them the dignity of earning for their families. I thank you for jobs, Lord. I ask you all this week for a harvest of employment for your families. Father, for all this week, as we move forward in the next week, Lord, let it be a week of getting jobs. Let it be a week of getting jobs, Father. As they come into your house, house this week and in worship, let there be faith flowing in their hearts for jobs. And next week, Father, let those jobs be fulfilled. Let those phone calls come. Let those return calls come. And I thank you for full employment for all of our people, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Our New Testament passage today picks up in Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth, this is the mother of John the Baptist, to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. Now, brothers and sisters, this is the right response. When you see God do a miracle for somebody, when you see God show great mercy to somebody, you should rejoice with them. There should never be envy. There should never be jealousy in your heart. You, you should rejoice at what the Lord has done for them. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zachariah after his father. But his mother answered, no, he shall be called John. But they said to her, none of your relatives is called by, by that name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. He asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote, his name is John. <laughs> and they all wondered. And immediately, miracle. And a miracle, his mouth was opened, his tongue was loose, and he spoke blessing God. His first words. These are his first words after nine months. <laughs> we'll call it nine to ten months, because we don't know how long it took for her to get pregnant. His first words after nine to ten months. Blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all of them heard them, laid them up on their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. You know, you, you, you can see the hand of God even on a baby. And his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. The Holy Ghost came. See, see you've got to get a hold of this. The Holy Ghost has been moving since Genesis, since Genesis chapter 1, all right? Now, the day of Pentecost was a beautiful outpouring on all flesh, all right? But the Holy Ghost has been moving since Genesis 1, the first few verses. The Holy Spirit hovered over the earth. Now, listen to what happened when the Holy Spirit came on him. He prophesied. Now, listen to this prophecy. This is a prophecy of worship, and it's a prophecy of foretelling. Blessed be the God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. 
All right, so he's he's prophesying. Messiah. Ah, he's prophesying about Jesus. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets of old, that we should be saved from our enemies, from the hand of all those who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers, to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us, that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. I like that. In holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. So this is John, John the prophet. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. All right, so his his office of ministry would be prophet, and his purpose of ministry would be to prepare the way. This is the purpose to give the knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. So we have a twofold purpose of John, to prepare the way of Messiah and to give the knowledge of salvation to his people. Now look at that, the knowledge of salvation. You see, for 400 years, God had not been speaking to his people. For 400 years, religion had destroyed the knowledge of salvation. And now a true prophet was going to rise up to give the knowledge of salvation to his people because of the tender mercy of our God. Now, nah. why do we receive the knowledge of salvation and forgiveness? Because of, not judgment, but mercy. Why does God give the knowledge of salvation to people in forgiveness of their sins? Because of mercy. We've been preaching about that <laughs> all week, Deba. Whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. So sometimes... God hides a prophet. God hides a prophet until the right time. So he didn't start prophesying as a five-year-old. God hid him away in the wilderness until it was the time for his ministry to begin. Wow, some beautiful truth there that we don't even begin to preach about. All right, let's close out today with a little bit of wisdom from Proverbs. Proverbs 14, beginning with verse 1. The wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. All right, so a foolish woman destroys her family. Now, you know, in my life, I've met a lot of wise women, okay? In my life, I've met a lot of wise women that build their families that build their house. And there is just a wisdom about them. You know, I I think of some of the, the great women of God that I've known, and I'm not talking about women preachers. I'm talking about women in our church that I've known over the last 40 years, great women. And with their wisdom, they, they build their family. But you know, as your pastor, I've known a lot of foolish women also. And with their own hands, they tear up their family. 
usually with their mouth, okay? But in other words, their hands refers to their own actions. They can't blame anybody else for the destruction of their family. They can't blame anybody else for destroying their, their marriage and destroying their children. A foolish woman destroys her family. Wow. Whoever walks in a brightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways, he who is devious in his ways despises God. Wow. So a person who walks in a brightness fears or respects God. Okay, a person who just lives right, okay? A person who lives right shows respect for God. But a devious person, devious in his ways, you never really know what they're doing. You never really know what they're up to. They despise God. So how can you tell somebody who, who respects God and somebody who despises God? A person who respects God lives right. A person who despises God, they're devious. You, you never really get to the bottom of these people. By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back. Okay, so punishment, hard times caused by words. You know, the, the mouth, you know, some people some people just have big bad mouths. All right. I mean they they, they just ah. Uh, and it brings horrible hard times in their life. And they want to blame everybody else for it. But it's their mouth. But the lips of the wise will preserve them. Your words. Your words preserve you. <laughs> your words. Your words can either bring destruction to your life or your words can preserve your life. Ah. Now, here's a great verse for businessmen. And I like to teach this to businessmen. Where there are no oxen, the, manage, the manger is clean, but the abundance of crops comes by the strength of the ox. Now, you know, in other words, there's no poop in the barn. Now, one of the things I did when I was in high school is, again, I lived in the barrio. There were barns. People had horses. People had cows. And sometimes a farmer would pay you money to, to shovel the poop out of the barn and clean the barn. Oh, it was a stinky job. But, you know, you, you could get paid, you know, 15 to $25, depending on the size of the barn. Now, that doesn't sound like much now, but in those days, that was a lot of money. You could get paid 15 to $25, depending on how deep it was and how big the barn was, to go in and clean out a barn. And, you know, when you're a young man, that's, that's good money. But I got news for you. Shoveling poop, and it would take you a good half a day on most barns to, to shovel all the poop out. It, it would take you a good half a day. Shoveling poop is no fun. Where there are no oxen, there's no poop to scoop. But the abundant crops comes by the strength of the ox. Now, this is a great lesson regarding employees. I've had so many of our entrepreneurs say, Pastor Summerall, business was so much easier when it was smaller and I was just doing all the work myself. And I would agree. I would agree. Sometimes 
sometimes it's far easier to have all the work to do all the work yourself because you know what you've only got yourself to blame you know how to do it you can do it pretty quick and sometimes having employees it's just you got a lot of poop to scoop all right but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox you're going to have to understand to increase those sales to increase the business you have to have those employees so you're going to have to learn the inconvenience of being a pooper scooper, okay? You're going to have to go around and clean up messes, okay? You're going to have to learn to clean up messes. And if you're going to have employees, you're going to have to learn to clean up messes. That's just part of it. A faithful witness does not lie, but false witnesses breathe out lies. I mean, it's just it just keeps flowing. That's the problem with false witnesses, False witnesses, you know, and do you remember they they searched for false witnesses to 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 accuse Jesus? You know, they they searched for false witnesses. Somebody to does somebody know something that we can accuse him of? That's what they did with Jesus. False witnesses breathe. I mean, it just keeps flowing. So learn a faithful witness doesn't lie. But this is a one-time situation. False witnesses breathe out lies. It just keeps flowing. All right. We learned some great wisdom today as we close out here in Proverbs. Businessmen, get a hold of that truth. You're going to have to, if you're going to grow your business, you're going to have to learn to scoop some poop. <laughs> and don't put that on Facebook, please. Don't make that a big banner. If you're going to grow your business, scoop. you must learn to scoop some poop. Don't put that on Facebook. But just remember, you're going to have messes to clean up. But you know what? Let's be honest. When we started our business, we made a lot of mistakes and we made a lot of messes also, Diva. So everybody's got to learn. All right. We'll see you tonight in service. We'll be teaching on how to intercede. It's going to take us a few weeks to get through this because we're still in these short services on Friday nights due to transportation. But we're going to teach you how to intercede for believers. We'll see you tonight.